It's time to decide. You must choose your subscription box. Do you want fluffy, fuzzy things? Do you want a watch that you'll barely even wear? How about more collectibles to fill the shelves in your room? No! You don't want that. You want horror movies, and you want them on DVD. No, you want them on Blu-ray. Well, buddy, it must be an omen, because here I am, and here's HorrorPack.com. Join HorrorPack.com for $19.99 a month and get three killer DVD movies plus one exclusive. Or join up for $24.99 a month and get three Blu-ray blood soakers and an exclusive each month. There, now you've made up your mind. Or I have. HorrorPack.com for the best scare anywhere. Oh, no batteries. Squirrel. No. Batteries. You have to have squirrel power recorder long ago. Uh. Too hard to feel from the squeaky wheel. <laughs> Gentlemen, Marcho recommends you put on your headphones now to listen to. Hey, everybody, welcome to another Achieving Rally the Podcast. It's getting close to Halloween. I love this time of year, especially now that it's not 182 degrees out like it was earlier in the quote fall. All right, so this week, uh, myself, Chris, and rest in parentheses talk about ooh, we do another news segment. The new book that I've got, and a Mysteries of the Unexplained, The Sasquatch. Pretty cool, huh? All right, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast. I think it's 3.36 or so. So, uh, yeah, see you at the end. Hi, Larry. Hi, Chris. Hey, Rosa. Hey, Larry. Nah. Tough. That is not the bit yet. It is now, damn it. Yeah. Nope. What are we doing? News? Yeah, Larry's World Report. <laughs> Larry's World Report. According to Larry, or who gives a shit? Just listen to what I'm saying. It's pumpkin spice uh, time of the year. Man, well, you rock a month. <laughs> yeah, and didn't that I start like, like a, May? Like a pumpkin spice latte in 88 degree weather. Hey, there's pumpkin spice spam. There is. We're it's, not doing it. It is a real. Well, Why I haven't not? seen it on the shelves. So. Not making spam pies out of that. Why not? We can make a spam pie out of it. Uh. <laughs> with Velveeta. With Velveeta. Oh, boy. I'm sure there's a recipe. Probably. Let's see. On the back of the oh. can. 
So, uh, yeah, just type in spam and just type in spam and Velveeta. See what comes up. Spam Vita. Yeah, we'll see. Let's we'll see what it comes up with that. So, we're gonna go and do a little movie news for Larry's moody news. Movie, movie, not moody news. Moody news. So, uh, here's a few more shows and movies that are filming here in Atlanta. Uh, Black Lightning. I thought that was taken off the air, but apparently it's still filming. That's been filmed throughout Georgia. They had a casting call for it last week, so apparently... They didn't call you? No. Um, Lawrence Lake Paternity Court, filmed in Georgia. Judge Lauren Lake presides over highly emotional cases that lead to life-changing consequences and new beginnings. And a $50 check. (laughs) Uh, And as long as it's shown again, another $50. (laughs) No, it's shown again. It's like a 30-cent check. And then it's like a 10 cent and then a 5 cent. So, uh, let's see. Dynasty oh, wow. is filming under the code Cross-Eye. So, if you see on those yellow signs, Cross-Eye, stay away. Go and <laughs> fuck with the site because it's Dynasty, for God's sakes. The remake follows the same premise as the original. Two of America's wealthiest families bickering over fortune and their families. Yeah, another set designer on that. Yeah. And then Robbie. It's a Comedy Central show. Began last summer and resumed production in April. The half-hour scripted series series stars Rory Scovel. Oh, I've seen his units. I could go so many different ways with that. I know. Either way you go, it'll be spicy. Uh, Let's see. It's written by Mr. Unit and Anthony King. And it co-stars with Rory are Bo Bridges, who oh, plays cool. his father, Sashir Zamana, Mary Holland. So uh, that's kind of cool. Executive producers are Will Ferrell, so you know it's going to suck. Adam McKay, Betsy Koch, and Owen Burke. So there you go. There's uh, some of what's filming here in the ATL. And for our listeners elsewhere, you can skip that part. Well, a, they might be interested anyways. Here, productions we're not involved with. So here's a here's a little bit that you and I were talking about the other day, uh, last last night actually. The Joker, the movie, exceeds domestic opening weekend prediction and breaks an October record. Yeah. So everybody's post about it on Facebook seems to be very positive. That's good. See, the opening weekend has outpaced industry predictions. The new DC film is set to earn over $95 million domestically during its opening weekend. This beats Venom's year-old record, $80 million, for biggest October debut ever. On Friday, estimates for the film opening weekend were at $94 million, with Warner Brothers reporting a $39.9 million opening day. Joker is expected to make $265 million domestic by the end of its theatrical run, more than what Venom made last year with... Two hundred thirteen point five million. So, there you go. That's pretty cool. Hmm. And I've heard that Joaquin Phoenix is just shy of amazing in it. Then again, it is kind of his kind of role. Yeah. So, cool. Also, a comedian, a literal comedian, who will rename nameless just because I don't know the name, went dressed as this Joker to a cinema and put up a sign you are not allowed to come see this movie if you have not had sex yet and then was promptly kicked out of course mm-hmm. mostly because he was in costume not for the sign 
Because they said, do not wear costumes. Yeah, because that turned bad last time. Yes. Uh, no, time before last. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry, Jared Leto. And then finally... Top 10. No. No, it's on the schedule. <coughs> no, it's not. I'm putting it on the schedule. Well, you can put it on there all you want. You can have fun making yourself one up. Number 10. Number 10. Number 9. Number 8. Number eight. Number eight. Number seven. So, this is for all you nerds out there. The next Star Wars trilogy begins in 2022. Begins filming in 2022 or begins showing in 2022? Well, let me get, read the thing. That's the title. Because if it comes out in 2022, they need to be filming it now. That's the title. So, keep your pants on. In the dryer, actually. Don't get your panties in a twist. Well, it depends on your dryer. With the Skywalker saga of films wrapping up later this year, Disney's now looking towards the future and making more money. The company revealed today that the future will begin the holiday season, duh, of 2022 with the relaunch. With the relaunch? Yeah, with the relaunch really? of the original of the original trilogy. No, I'm kidding. With the, the launch, reboot of the original trilogy. Yeah, the reboot of the reboot of the original trilogy. With the launch of the new Star Wars trilogy, Bob Iger, Disney's CEO, confirmed back in April the studio will give the franchise a break. That's a good thing. Give them a little bit of time to calm down and retool. Stop being tool. Uh, well, they got the Mandalorian going on, so we will take a pause sometime and reset because the Skywalker saga comes to an end with this ninth movie. There will be other Star Wars movies, but there will be a bit of a hiatus. That's what he said. Two years. Uh, it, well, it's still a bit of a hiatus. A little bit. Uh, it turns out that hiatus won't be that long at all, with the Star Wars trilogy now set to arrive in just three years, following the rise of the Skywalker, which is the end of this year, so technically it is three. Though it's still completely unknown what the new set of films will revolve around. That's why you're taking the two years to figure out what the fuck you're going to do. Well, they have that whole story group that they have to get with and figure out what they can do in the movies that's not going to contradict the, all the stuff in the books and what books they can write that'll lead up to the movies and blah, blah, blah. I think blah, what they need to do is blah, 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 blah. talk about bringing back... Um, Captain Panaka. No, not not a person. There was a, a trilogy of books that was supposed to take place during like old old times. The Old Republic? Timothy Zahn wrote it. I can't remember. Well, he's got another book coming out. I can't remember what the first three were called, though. But those were in the but, legacy. Yeah. They could bring those in and do those. That'd be really Don't cool. Are writing the Thrawn book or something? Or oh, yeah. That wouldn't be one? bad, either. Have, bring Thrawn into the, the zeitgeist. That'd be kind of cool. Well, not this one day. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, but it's not... Is it part of the actual canon, or is it's it just... Book. Oh, okay. Uh, we do know that Ryan... Ryan? Ryan John... Ryan, right? Yeah. Ryan. Ryan Johnson, director of The Last Jedi, has his own set of Star Wars films coming, which are unrelated to the Skywalker story. There's also another set of films coming from Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. Whether the next trilogy comes to us from Johnson or from the duo of Benioff and Weiss, it's to be determined. Disney simply stated that Three new, as yet untitled, Star Wars films will be released on the pre-Christmas weekend every other year beginning in 2022, which means we'll see the next Star Wars trilogy play out over Christmas 22, 24, 26. It's possible these three dates could see the Johnson and 
Fine Weinhoff trilogies, alternating blows. Mm. But that's probably unlikely, which means we won't see either set of films come to theaters before 28. Johnson's currently in post-production on his upcoming crime mystery, Knives Out, but it's unknown which area they about to lead the So there we go. That's some good Star Wars news. That's some new movie news. Larry's movie news from the internet. Yeah, but very unspecific. Well, I mean, it's it's still news. It's yeah, just it's we've, a, got, we've got two trilogies, and we're gonna. It's a carrot. Here's your carrot. Enjoy. Hey. <laughs> oh. Oh well. You missed anyways. I missed. So here's another little blurb. What to keep in check? You know what you should keep in check? A king? Yes. Drinking. A new study suggests future parents should stop drinking up to a year before conception. But doesn't drinking lead to conception? Normally. Yeah. Uh, that's because a study found a link between parents' drinking habits during that time, especially future dads. And babies' chances of having congenital heart defects. Yeah. Hmm. I just thought that was interesting. But after conception, the dad's free to drink, right? Yeah. And right. Until he's just obliterated. Okay. Just throwing up on the floor, tripping over the dog, possibly humping the dog. Who knows? Oh, that is how drunk he is. Oh, my goodness. And if the dog enjoys it or not. Doubtful. Jeez. You never know. It could be a weird dog. So, uh, uh, this one's for Neil and all his cronies. Marijuana legalization. Why the legal... Still not happening. Why the legal weed trend is growing. (laughs) The story... Yeah, it's growing, but not this way. We'll be blunt. Uh That's pretty bad. This is a guide about marijuana, specifically the legalization in the U.S. Are the feds going to legalize weed? Debatable. Weed is still illegal on the federal level, but... In recent years, you might have noticed something in the air. (laughs) It's the smell of the country becoming more tolerant about marijuana legalization. Polls show polls show that the majority of America's support. What's that? We need the Polish out of this. I can't. I'm part Polish. Support making weed legal since the 90s. 33 states plus DC have legalized marijuana in some form since 2012, or as my dad puts it, 212. 11 states plus D.C. have legalized weed for fun. Momentum seems to be picked... <laughs> I don't like that. What? They, they legalized marijuana for fun. Yeah. The legislature had nothing else to do. Hey, you know what would be fun? Let's legalize marijuana. Yeah, oh, hey, yeah, it'd be fun. Let's take a vote. <laughs> Let's take a tope. I mean, vote. Uh, momentum seems to be picking up internationally, too. Uruguay became the first country to do it in 2030. 2013. <laughs> Follow my Canada in 2018. And it says, what changed? History suggests that medical marijuana became increasingly mainstream. The stigmata stigma surrounding weed started to fade. One case study found that media coverage may have shaped pubic perception with stories increasingly associated with marijuana with medical purposes instead of crime. Then there's the social justice angle. So there you go. I don't want to read the whole thing because it'll take a while. And the fact that it's getting really expensive to keep all these people in jail that are just... I think that's one of the bigger things of it. Yeah. It's like, hey, you had an ounce of weed. You're going to jail for 10 years. 
It's like, hey, it could be, hey, you had an ounce of weed. Hey, you, could, you caught him 30 minutes later, he wouldn't have been no crime involved. Yeah. Matter of fact, you... Oh, well, no, there might have been a crime. You could have been yeah, driving under the influence. You had to wake him up. Bet. <laughs> yeah. Right, wake up. Uh, well, what's going on? Light screen. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. Switching gears completely from the news to the creepy and weird. Creepy and weird news. Yay! <laughs> creepy and weird news. Yay! This whole podcast is going to be news this, news that, news this. I can do, then explain. I can do it. Then we'll have a recipe on mini maple spam donuts. They'll break it up. We'll make, we'll make Yuck! <laughs> you don't know? They do that maple bacon donut thing. Spam filled. But it's not spam filled donuts. fried donut. Spam's just fleshy bacon. Yuck! <laughs> <laughs> you like spam. I do like spam. I love spam. Spam fries are amazing. I should have bought some spam. Damn it. Spam it. Now I need to go back to the, the grocery store. So we're gonna. It could be a while. You want to run out and get some space? <laughs> yeah, I guess it might be a while. Yeah. So we're gonna switch gears. We're gonna switch gears and go and to make some fried donuts while he's finishing up. <laughs> some some news of the paranormal. So this is, you know, news that has to do with anything cryptozoology. Like on the other uh, side. Uh, the UFOs, all that stuff, conspiracy theories. Like ghost hunters. That's not a conspiracy theory, but thanks for trying. Well, no, she was saying in that category. Yes. In that category, yes. So, so, so cue the title music. What's that? So cue the title music. So cue whatever title music you're going to make up for this. <laughs> yes. I'll, no, I'll we'll, we'll get I'll one go and put that in the, in the editor and sweeten it. And I'll get <laughs> no, we'll get one of our things to make noise, and that will be your bit. <laughs> to yeah, make like noise. That, the Halloween thing. It's like the guy in the, the, the skeleton okay. in, in the electric chair. You know? You don't tell them about the noise making. You just had a block of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Some garlic. Like, cut those out. Scary film. The paranormal. Scary. F- the paranormal. Scary film. Lou, for the makers of a scary movie. <laughs> so. This is a much more artistic version. Yes. They made it look like it was done on film. No, Paran- starring Denzel Washington. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's legit. Paranormal Activity, the film that everybody was horrified about. The movie. Yeah, yeah, the film. Paranormal Activity, the movie. The movie. Dot, dot, the movie. As opposed to the book. Yes. The dry read. <laughs> it's so boring. There's a noise. There's a shadow that no one notices. Yeah. Is disappointingly the norm. Paranormal Activity, a horror film now in limited release across the country, so you can tell how old this is. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's get some miles on it there, Larry. Yeah. So, Paranormal Activity... Let's not call, uh, let's, let's not call let, this news. Let me, let me change that first sentence. Paranormal Activity, a horror film that's all over the place and probably in your CD collection or Blu-ray collection, tells the story of a young couple who move no, in... No, actually. Uh, well, not yours in particular. I'm just I saying in general. DVD. Well, who cares? I'm not talking about your CD collection. You said your. <sighs> Tells the story of a young couple who move into a t- typical suburban house, but are soon disturbed by a supernatural entity that delights in scarring them in the middle of the night. And yes, scary. it says scarring. We're going to change that to scary. Yes. We're fixing it in post. Yes. <laughs> post, 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 post. The pair. This is the Lucas version. <laughs> The pair, one a skeptic, the other one a true believer. Halfway through, we're going to add a do back. (laughs) 
and then a, a mouth on the Starlight Pit. Um, in true X-Files fashion, use a video camera aimed at their bed to document the strange forces. You all know the fucking story. Yeah, that's what it was doing. The micro-budget 2007 movies features a small cast of unknowns. You know, usually when you go to a movie about a couple that has a camera facing their bed, it's not really... Uh... It's just a scary for all, for all sorts of reasons. But I didn't know it was supposed to look like that. With the melon, the Blair Witch Project, to which the film is being compared, Paranormal Activity trades on its cinema, cinema, cinnamon veritas, cinema verite, the cinnamon veritas. <laughs> I had it over at Starbucks. It's good. <laughs> Did you have it venti? There's nothing like a venti cinnamon veritas. Ah, that was going to be the title of the episode. <laughs> the realism, the conceit that you were seeing is real. So it's a found footage movie. <laughs> quote, real goats. Editor's note. <laughs> yeah, quote, real goats aside, the goats? film is. What? Ghosts. <laughs> ghosts and not goats? <laughs> Because I'm queuing up to see the goat one. <laughs> yeah. Young real, haunted by real, a goat. Real goats aside. Oh, oh my gosh. It's just shape in the hallway. And stuff, so like, every, just, every so often, you just hear, Who's that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like hoof steps on the stairs. But what they say is, what what the film's tagline is, is what happens when you sleep. And it says, is that's especially pr- appropriate. Ghosts, abducting aliens, and other whatever are often experienced at home at night and in bed, not during your lunch hour while buying cat food and ground beef at the supermarket. Which actually, much more that's movie. a great line. But there's a psychological... Oh, look, 38 cents a pound. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I dropped it! There goes the eggs. <laughs> Do we have an aisle four? And somebody get that stupid idiot just as a ghost out of here. This is a movie about a haunted grocery store. Oh gosh. We could do it. It costs us a fortune knocking all that shit off the shelves and having the No, we'll just go to the, we'll just there. go to Japan and film it in Fukushima. We're all we're or Fukuyama. We're all the everything's gone anyways, and the grocery stores are abandoned with all the stuff on them. And you just pay for the plane tickets there and back. Round trip. Let's try something more local. Oh, the actors over there. Bitch. We have to pay them. No, well, just just be me, you and me. That's not great. And then we'll have Marissa just uh, do ADR later. We'll have Marissa. Boo! <laughs> We'll have Marissa play all the employees of the stores and the customers. Yeah. That's going to be a lot of time to post. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll get a Kiko to help out, too. She's already there. She's oh. there. <laughs> so, um, so, half the time in post. We are more likely to be tired, drowsy, and sleeping. Well, at night, so yes. Uh, medications and even simple fatigue, fatigue, uh, can create mild hallucinations, what psychologists call waking dreams and hypnagogic experiences. Ooh. Hmm. Sign me up for that. A hypnagogic experience? Yeah, where's Neil? He probably knows all about this. Well, he knows about... Hypnagogics, man, those are great. (laughs) (laughs) They are harmless and common, especially as we... (laughs) Especially as we drift to sleep, 
But they can impair our perception to create experiences that yeah. never happened. I think it scared the shit out of you and make you miss the bed. <laughs> Damn you, hypnagogics! <laughs> I have uh, this person who wrote this has personally ex- encountered this phenomenon. 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 Many times. For example, during one haunted house investigation he conducted in Buffalo, a man told me that a ghost had kicked his balls as he fell asleep. Showing his wife? <laughs> he had no other explanation. Boom, front- motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> and frankly believed he'd been attacked by a ghost. <laughs> now, oh my gosh. Now I'm this really pissy woman just there <laughs> just rearing back and then he just starts It was a ghost. <laughs> it's a hole. You, you, oh, wow. I was just coming in. A ghost scared me. <laughs> Did you hear it? It screamed, boo, motherfucker. It was a mad ghost. Must have been a poltergeist. Tired of having to climb over him to get to the bathroom. <laughs> just drops something on her way past. <laughs> oh! Why were they even in the room when I came to? My Again. My investigation. <laughs> My investigation revealed that the kicking he experienced was actually his own leg twitching as his body entered the first stages of sleep. That's a hell of a twitch. (laughs) I know! He was completely unaware of this and when awoken by his leg spasm, he he interpreted it it as a... as the the interpreter Ted... Take two. (laughs) Take 46. He interpreted it Oh, forget it. The jerk as a ghost kicking his his balls. So he wound up being the jerk. Apparently. That's not nice. No. I want to know, how, how, seriously, how do you do this? <laughs> you got to be real flexible. I was going to say, you got to be really flexible. Like former yoga instructor? <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, so, I all that like I got from Shills and Arnell? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is that? Uh, Mum and Chance. Moonshots, those guys. So while these things can seem mysterious, there are perfectly rational explanations. Breezes can slam doors, vibrations are soft, drywall can send hung, hung people, pictures, crashing to the floors, electrical problems can turn lights on and off, and so on. It says uh, his editor pretend, has a vexing problem with a newly installed complex, wi- complexly wired fanlight. In his home office, it turns off mysteriously, but can be turned back on in an otherwise ghost-free home. Hoaxing is also a problem. Many instances of paranoia have trained the pranking of children or troubled teens seeking attention. So basically what they're saying is... Ain't no such thing as ghosts. The, they, yeah, so... And that... Check your wiring. And that paranormal activity is bullshit, which I was saying since it first came out anyways. Because it is. It's found footage, and all found footage movies are bullshit. No, they're not. Yep, all of them. Nope. Every one of them. Nope. So there we go. A little bit of little bit of ghostiness in your nutsack. Quite literally. <laughs> or you could just keep music. Or we could just cue spam fried donut music.
Freaky Facts and Strange Stories by Nick uh, Blardes. Blardes? You should figure these things out before we... Blardes. Blardes. Baloney. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to appreciate that. Because you know he's listening. Yeah. Well, he might. Doubt it. You never know. Pretty sure. You don't know. You don't know who's listening. I said you. I know Ken listens. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hey, Heather. This is Ken's wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hi, Heather. Heather. Is there an Iraq War Syndrome? That's what I hear. Historian Howard Zinn, author of A People's History of the United States, writes, The disease has shown up again, suggesting that the fragging of officers during the Vietnam War and the symptoms of Vietnam Syndrome are reappearing in Iraq with soldiers in revolt. Zinn claims that it's because the war in Iraq is steeped in deceptions such as supposed weapons of mass destruction and 9-11's connections. He adds that as many as 5,000 U.S. deserters have fled to Canada, yet they are rarely discussed in the U.S. media. Reason for desertion have included sexual harassment, harassment from officers, and war atrocities. Zinn's discussion of the desertion leads to this paradox pervading the American military in Iraq. It was wrong to invade, but right to remain. That's apparently the paradox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what the paradox is. So, here's some random desertion tales. Robin Long. In 2005, this war deserter fled to Canada. He was later deported to America, which sent a message to the U.S. servicemen that Canada wasn't the option it once was for war deserters seeking refugee status. Instead of going to Iraq, they fled to Canada. Or they didn't desert. Or while they were in Iraq, they, they jumped a plane and then deserted, jumped like a Canadian troop plane and deserted to Iraq. You could do that. To Iraq? I mean, to Canada. This seems highly improbable. If they're just flying back and forth, you just climb on a Typical troop transport, and you're home. Well, Didn't they do like a head count or something? Make sure there's nobody there with like a bomb strapped to them? A woman got through Orlando Airport, the TSA, with no ticket and no ID on applying to Atlanta yesterday. No. That's not military. It, they think they are. So, hiding for 60 years... Two Japanese... She's hiding her face behind a bag of extreme dill Doritos. <laughs> Ketchup flavor. Two Japanese military men, 87-year-old Yoshio Yamakawa and 83-year-old uh, Suzuki Nakanuti... Oh, they're really serious about the draft over there. ...were found deep in the jungles of the Philippines, island of Mindano. They had deserted the Imperial Japanese Army more than 60 years ago. So this isn't during World War II. <laughs> well, right. no, these are random desertion tales. What did they desert or did they just get left over there? They deserted. Yeah. They deserted. Oh, they were. Sweet. They were eating banana, were. banana cream and coconut cream pies and they deserted. I think I've heard something like that before. Yeah, we did a story where a guy thought the war was still being fought like up until like 2008. That guy he was guarding his own island or some kind of shit. And Ooh. apparently been doing a good job. Yeah. Mostly because nobody really wanted to go. <laughs> the crackdown. The butt crack. In 2007, the New York Times reported the number of deserters and those with unauthorized absences rose sharply. Resulting, 
resulting uh, uh, what's a wall? A wall. Uh, resulting in thousands of negative discharges in prison for even combat-tested soldiers. Wow. That's impressive. Not really, but, I mean, it's disappointing. Depressive? It's something. You it's, a, think, it's a word that I can't think of. Well, you got to think of it this way. I mean, you and I don't have actual combat experience. No. We don't have simulated combat experience. Yes, I do. I've killed many a demon. That's different. It's still combat. Regardless. Well, you I make a really great... Necromancer. Yeah, but the, there's no stories about necromancers deserting the army in there. So of course not. It's different. You don't want to talk about the necromancer deserting the army. He'll kill you and then raise your body and use you to kill other people. They rarely desert. They they like desert. It's the combat veterans that are. Yeah. In the French woods, Lieutenant Glenn Gray was on counterintelligence duty in November ninety ninety four. In November nineteen forty four. No, in the 60s, <laughs> when he found a Pennsylvanian deserter in some French woods. The deserter was accustomed to camping out and intended to stay until the war's end. All the soldiers the man had trained had been killed. Oops. Um, maybe you shouldn't have been training soldiers. Maybe not. Well, that sucks for you, Sergeant Carter. But... <laughs> 306 cowards. During World War One, the Brit... Sorry. You're going to throw up over there? No, I'm sorry. During World War I, the British government executed 306 men for cowardice or desertion. More than 80 years later, John Reed, the armed forces minister, stated the men should be regarded as victims of war. None of the men were pardoned, even though some were likely as young as 14. Ooh. Wouldn't it just make more sense that you, know, you, you find cowards and the deserters and whatnot and just say, okay, on your bike, get out of here. Actually, I would take them and put them in incredibly heavy combat situations and just say, okay, here you go. Now you can fight till you die. No, just like, we're talking about World War One. Yeah. So they're out in the middle of Europe somewhere. More than likely. Probably in... Right. You fend for yourself. Yeah. No, that's true. You deserted. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> Why am I going to waste ammunition and time to kill my own people and... True. Give them what they wanted. Monument to deserters in some city in Belgium. 85 years after the Great War, a monument was built to honor those executed for refusing to fight. The steel plaque is engraved with a verse from Rudyard Kipling. I could not look on death, which being known, men led me to him, blindfold and alone. You need to throw some backing music on that one. I'll find a three-second snippet there. Maybe <laughs> I'll just put that behind it. <laughs> Deserters who murder. What? Do it. Dun-dun-dun. Thank you. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? I'm In 2002, two Russian paratroopers shot and killed nine people during a two-day escape from the Volga River base. They were eventually tracked down and killed. Why were they deserting? They didn't like murder? Didn't we like, don't want to fight, and we're willing to fight our way out of it not to have to fight. Maybe they were going to be regulated to stand guard at Pripyat. I mean, that sounds like a pretty boring post. That you're willing to kill over? Nine people? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm willing to kill nine people over the right kind of ice cream, so... It's like if you're willing to kill nine people to get out of going to war, you should just have gone to war, where you probably wound up only killing like six. 
Or you could kill nine people and just walk off anyways. But at least you did what you needed to do. War of 1812. You got a lot of these, do you? Uh, there's two. There's one more. During this war, the rate of desertion for American soldiers was 12.7%. There's a long one for you. Well, that's the... That, that was it. Oh, I was going to say, that's the one where the, uh, the main glorious battle was fought two weeks after the war ended. Yep. Harper's... Wait, wait, wait. If, you, if you deserted before, in that time, between the time that the war actually ended and that last battle, does it count? Yes, still desertion. But you're not deserting the war because the war was over. Apparently no, because there was another battle. It don't count. That. That counts. That. War was over. That's, no. They already lost. No. Uh huh. No. So that's all in the history book. Doesn't matter. History lies. No. Since sarcasm. On September 26, 1863, Harper's Weekly wrote that Civil War deserters were forced to march to their own funeral behind their own coffins. That's fucking creepy. All died instantly except for one man who sat upright nearly a minute after the firings. So they were shot. That's creepy. All right, there you go. It's all necessary. So there's more for the file of the Freaky Facts and Strange Stories book. Cue music. pick a page this is page 159 okay this is the one which is it's cryptozoology hey i can do a sasquatch encounter or i can do the women of a village in zhejiang china who's sasquatch all right sasquatch it is (laughs) i love the sasquatch a Sasquatch encounter was reported by a hunter in October 1955 near the little town of Tet Jun Cache in British Columbia, Canada. William Rowe, your boat, ashore, hallelujah, dog, armed with his rifle, was climbing Micah Mountain one afternoon just for something to do. <laughs> when he saw what he took to be a grizzly bear on the far side of a small clearing, Moments later, as he watched the animal step out into the open, and Roe realized it was not a bear, in a sworn affidavit, he later declared, this, to the best of my recollection, because he's a southerner now, in Canada. Southern Canadian. Yes. Is what the creature looked like, and how it acted as it came across the clearing directly towards me. My first impression was of a huge man, about six foot tall and almost three feet wide. Can you be tall and squat at the same time? You are you can if you're uh, Sasquatch, uh, yeah. and probably weighing somewhere near three hundred pounds. Me? No. I'm not six foot. No. It was three foot wide. Probably. <laughs> it was covered from head to toe with dark brown, silver tipped hair. Uh oh. Do you have a uh, alibi for this thing? <laughs> <laughs> was it alive in '55? 
How can we be sure? You can't? But as it came closer, I saw by its breasts that it was female. Well, you're not female. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and yet, its torso was not curved like a female's. Its broad frame was straight from shoulder to hip. Its arms were much thicker than a man's arms and longer, reaching almost to its knees. Its feet were broader proportionally than a man's, about five inches wide at the front and tapering to much thinner heels. I'll go find out why in a second. The creature came within 20 feet of Roe oh, wow. and Wade, who was crouched behind a bush and squatted on its haunches as it stripped and munched leaves from some bushes. Roe noted the way its head peaked at the back, the flat nose, protruding chin, beady eyes, and he was struck by its short, thick, inhuman neck. I don't know. I've seen a lot of guys with some pretty stumpy necks. All at once, the thing caught Roe's scent and took a dump, and looked directly at him through an opening in the brush. A look of comical amazement crossed its face as it rose to its full height, started walking away. Thought came to me that if I shouted it, I'd possibly have the specimen of the greatest interest to scientists the world over. Or I might get my ass handed to me. <laughs> I had heard about I had st heard stories about the Sasquatch. Maybe this was a Sasquatch. I leveled my. A. Yes, a. Oh, yes, eh? Southern. Yeah. Eh? I leveled my rifle. The creature was still a walking away the rapidly. The creature turned to return fire. <laughs> the creature turned, grabbed my gun, and shot me in the face. The creature pulled a 9mm from its shoulder. <laughs> Again, turning its head to look in my direction, I lowered the rifle. Although I have called the creature it. That's not right. The creature into its face. <laughs> hey, it! <laughs> I felt now that it was a human being, and I knew I would never forgive myself if I had killed it. As oh, wow. it crossed into the bush at the far side of the clearing, it made a whinnying sound. A half laugh, half language. Bad. See you later! Ah. Uh, beyond the stand of log, lodgepole pines, it tipped its head back briefly and uttered the same cry. Wah! <laughs> <Then> it just... <laughs> Bye, baby! <laughs> then it disappeared into the woods. John Green on the track of Sasquatch, page 10 through 12. There you go. Sounds like a Sasquatch sighting to me. Sounds like a Sasquatch sighting to him. Cute gorilla music. There it is. There's your episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast, done and done. By the way, when this plays, it'll be exactly one week, minus a day, to Halloween. My favorite holiday of the year. Other than, you know, Christmas, because presents, I mean, come on. But uh, So I hope you really like the episode and everything that's going on in it. This uh, coming week, we have a very special guest that... I can't wait for you all to hear. So, for Chris, Marissa, in parentheses, the rest of the gang, I'm Larry saying, booga booga, gotta get your candy, yummy yummy. Yeah, that's right, I said it, yummy. Nothing like a pumpkin sky pumpkin. Flack
This episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast has been brought to you by, well, us. <laughs> Here at Achieving Rally the Podcast. Hey there, Achieving Rally the Podcast listeners. I know you've enjoyed us for the last five years. Well, I've got news for you. We're now available on Spotify. That's right, Spotify. Log on to your Spotify account, look at the menu bar along the top, and click on the podcast. Then, search for Achieving Reality, the podcast. It's amazing. Now there's multiple ways to listen to my wackiness and Chris's snark. Achieving Reality, the podcast, now on Spotify. Go ahead, take a listen. Tired of getting your Spam and Velveeta in separate packages? No, from AR Products. No. Spam no. I'm not going to make Spam Vita. I already had to pull Splam off the market.